Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. Maybe one girl, more. Girl. Sure. Who run the it's world? Girls. <laughs> In case you guys are, we run this mother. <laughs> yeah, we run this mother. In case you guys are wondering, uh, this this song is absolutely related to our topic today. In case you are wondering, which will be yes. emotional labor, invisible labor. Yeah. So welcome to our podcast. This is Shit Your Shrink Thinks, and it is a podcast of two psychotherapists just telling you what we think about mental health things, life, and we give you our hot, hot gossip on our own lives and our own struggles and how we try to use tools, and it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, it's the best part. (laughs) It's the honest evaluation of the tools we are giving you, which we are trying. Yes. I once had an advisor tell me you're not worth a hill of beans if you don't try the skills that you're actually giving to your clients. And I kind of agree with that. Like, you really do need to try it. You do. You do. That's like having a it's, physician it's, who, like, does cocaine and smokes. And you're like, well, <laughs> is that – are you the best right. person to be giving me advice about my heart? Mm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. And as a reminder, folks, we do have a Patreon. So if you're loving what we're doing, feel free to do- drop a tip in our tip jar for us. That helps us continue doing this and getting you that great content. We also do have a Gmail. Some of you do email us. This is shityourshrinkthinks at gmail.com. And honestly, we've been seeing that most folks are communicating via the Instagram. So thanks for your requests. We appreciate it. And whatever way you got to yeah. get to us. Yeah. Either way, we love to hear from you. Yeah. Hit us up. So every week we do a segment called What's Good, and we want to talk about what's good with each of us or share a story that the other person doesn't know. So Michaela, what's good with you this week? So my what's good this week is the new neighborhood that I am living in. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. So I mentioned last week how we moved and shit was crazy. Yeah. My grandmother passed away, which was really hard. And then a day or two later, my cat got lost outside. I was sweating She's a floofy princess cat that does not know how to survive and the neighborhood like rallied to help find her and it just more I've never been in that kind of environment where I felt so supported like my neighbor slash landlord printed off flyers for us and had her like kids go and like canvas the area looking for the cat different other neighbors like reached out and were like we left our garage open and put some food and water out like people I don't know that were trying to help me find my cat and like people were sharing who I didn't know like sharing my posts on Facebook that I was like help me find my cat oh (laughs) that's so cute like it got shared so many times I I was just so overwhelmed with the amount of support now granted I was like bawling and just an emotional wreck because all the losses that I had just experienced all at once but, and that was a really uh, cold week, too. I mean, it was really oh, it cold. Was, well, that's what was slightly terrifying. It was going to be in a couple of days, like negative 40, yeah. where we're at. So 
if she was going to be still out there at that point, I knew she wasn't going to survive yeah. that. Yeah, weather. we had to get her. Yeah. 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 And you did. And you did. Oh, and I did. She she found her little way back. We left our garage slightly open. And luckily, we had some of our own old stuff from our house still in that garage. So, like, the smells could come. And we set a bunch of other stuff outside to try to, like, attract her yeah. and so she could smell her way back. But, oh, my God. Yeah. But anyway, the neighborhood. I was just really, like, what a nice, kind amount of people we've had different people come over and like give us little housewarming gifts like say welcome to the neighborhood i mean what the hell like that's literally just, adorable yeah i'm just really feeling welcomed and it's been a long time yeah since i felt that <laughs> you're like i'm gonna try and act like i'm used to this so that they don't get right suspicious <laughs> Like you've been here before. You off. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's like, oh shit, I'm going to get a lot better about like interacting now with neighbors instead of like doing like the head bob, you know, (laughs) like I know acknowledge your existence. Now I need to like make cookies and be like, here's some cookies or something. I don't know. That's cute. I wonder (laughs) if you guys will have like neighborhood, like we have a ice cream social or whatever every summer. Like, you know how there's those things. That's, that's, yeah. I think they did used to do that before COVID. So maybe they'll bring it back. Hell yeah. Sundays is my understanding. But (laughs) that's cute. I'm happy for you. Yeah. So what's your good? What? What's my good? <laughs> so what's your what's yeah, good, Sunny? Yeah, I have survived COVID for like the fifth oh or my sixth God. time at this point. You've had that so many times. I, I COVID was engineered to kill me specifically, y'all. Like I know <laughs> it. I know somebody was mad at me specifically, probably somebody from high school. They designed COVID. They said, we're going to kill Sunny. And then they make new. This is our goal. And they make new iterations every year. They release it from the lab, seeing if it will finally take me to the great beyond. It's like, I don't know what it is. I am like, I am so not immune to COVID. I'm so prone to getting it and so prone to getting sick from it. Well, I'm getting like a hard level of yeah. it, like not like because there's different levels. Like there's people who have COVID and they're like, oh, I feel OK. Yeah. Like when you get it, it like lays you. Yeah, out. like I just get it. But this time I, my what's good is that it didn't kill me this time. I didn't have to go. It didn't totally lay you Yeah, out. I didn't literally have to go to like a hospital and get a shot in my ass or anything. So that was really oh my God. exciting, which is a first. I mean, I'm doing great. Normally I have to get like some sort of like steroid or like something crazy happening. When I was pregnant, I had to go in and get like monitored for my oxygen. It was crazy. But this oh time, my God. look at me. I'm sitting here. <laughs> I just have it like a normal person. <laughs> sitting in this closet podcasting studio i am fine so i'm pretty proud of myself i mean i don't feel good but i don't yeah you're still kind of in it but you're not you're not at least uh dying yeah i'm so i have previously yeah i'm really excited about that i know it's like a silly thing to be excited about but i'm i'm stoked so good for me Yay. Uh, Yay me. Well, considering like the health struggles that you've had and like the hormonal imbalances and so, I mean, to feel even remotely a little bit. eh, Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's that's a win. Right. I think I'm turning a corner. Actually, I'm like going down this whole like health kick lately and it actually seems to be making a difference. Like I am actually getting somewhere with it. And so I uh I'm going to just keep going that way. Like, and I'm taking me not dying from COVID as proof that I might be headed in the right direction. <laughs> so it just feels nice. 
Winner, winner. I know. That's <laughs> not to brag or anything, guys. I feel like those of you who are doing like really well out there are listening to me and like, that girl is sad. <laughs> I'm actually just pretty stoked about it. Uh, it's the little things. It's the little things. It is the little things. Yeah. yeah. We got to acknowledge those, especially when everything else seems to be on fire. Yeah, absolutely. So what, uh, what did you try for outside of podcast experimentation? My homework was like a long-term one. And it's basically just to try to take a student next time I'm asked. So I didn't do anything with it yet because I haven't been asked again yet. But I'm keeping that in my back pocket and trying to be more receptive instead of being like, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want no extra work. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. Um, Mine was to like kind of maybe do a trauma narrative on grad school. And yeah, I didn't do exactly that. But I think. I mean, I have talked to a lot of people who went through it with me, and we have kind of processed it yeah, that way, kind of. Yeah, processed it okay. that way, and I do feel like I did do that after our last episode, because I had, like, you know, as when you talk about anything that was terrible, you have, like, memories that pop up, so I would text mm-hmm. a friend and be like, hey, do you remember that one time this happened? And they'd be like, yeah, <laughs> and they'd send a bunch of follow-up <laughs> data, like, and I would just text people out of the blue, like, remember this one time in grad school when I said this and then this happened? <laughs> people were like, yeah, that was nuts. Like, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, so, I mean, that was my processing, and it was validating. My friends from grad school are all really, really validating, great human beings who I, like, love deeply. It kind of reminds me of the connection that I've seen some veterans have together where it's like, I yeah. went through this bad thing and now like you get this bad thing. Trauma bonding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for what it's worth, but I kind of did it. So I didn't do a written format, but I did process it with friends. I was, I, that works considering that the COVID and everything else that you've been managing. Yeah. It would have been hard to sit down and take time to write that out. So yeah. yeah. I think this the fact that you did any processing at all is a high five. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I, I do appreciate it. And I think sometimes, like, I tend to be the person that, like, I'll say it's okay and everything's fine and I'm probably okay. But I think I just don't have, like, a – like, I just don't really – pain doesn't register the same way for me as it does every other person. So it's not until I like talk about it later that it will become clear like, oh yeah, no wonder I was like upset about that or felt like just really weird because I'll just like get a headache about it. I won't like feel it or I'll just get like diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) Like I just won't, I won't like necessarily process it. I'll just have like a physical reaction then be like, oh, that's weird. I'm, why my head hurts. And then, so it's good to do it the different way, I think. Definitely. Yeah. I dig that. So what are... Good job. Thank you. I appreciate that. I need a lot of gold stars. (laughs) You get all the gold stars. Shit. How many is that? You're surviving. How many gold stars is that? Thousands. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) What am I going to do with all those stars? You put them all on your ceiling and let them twinkle and be your little nightlights. Oh, my God. It's going to be the validation I've always been seeking. (laughs) (laughs) So what are we talking about this week, Miss Michaela? This week, we are going to discuss something called emotional labor, mental labor, cognitive labor, or invisible labor. Yes. So from our timeline, the holidays kind of just got over, and several of my female friends and loved ones had kind of expressed their exhaustion from all of their mental labors and trying to keep the holidays fun and make the holidays magical for everyone. And it just really made me want to discuss this topic and how it impacts our mental health. 
Yeah. So a lot of this discussion, we're going to be talking about how this unseen stressor impacts women. But we do recognize that that's not always the case. There are men who are the main caretakers and there are some partnerships that aren't very equitable. And then obviously there's kind of like same sex relationships or gender nonconforming relationships. So to keep that in mind, we'll be using certain terminology, but just know that those are averages that we're talking about, and that right, if this applies right. to you, it's not always the yeah, yeah not always the yeah. case. Yeah, if this applies. There to are you. exceptions to every rule. Yes, there are partnerships that are a hundred percent equal. Yep. Like not everything is like this. We're just going to talk about the statistics and kind of what this is and yeah. how it can be difficult. <laughs> yes, but I love that you have a metaphor here to help understand what even is invisible labor. I'd love to hear it. Yes. So this metaphor, imagine that there is a theater and they want to put on a play. Yes. So for this, they need to hire not only actors and actresses, but costume designers, people to maybe move furniture between seas, people to pull curtains, people to manage like the spotlights, people to manage the microphones, to sell tickets and work the food stand, maybe some ushers to help people sit down. Marketers. There's a lot. Yeah. Marketers, directors. There's so many different things to put on a play. There's a lot of time and effort and energy that goes into that. Yes. However, at the end of the day, when the play is done and everybody's clapping for everything, they're not clapping for what they didn't see. They're clapping for the actors and actresses that they witnessed. Yes. They're clapping for the show that was just put on. Right. Not the entire production and management, the efforts that went in to put on the show. The behind the scenes, so to speak. Right. Right. So invisible labor is the behind the scenes. It's everything that you did to plan and manage it to come to the show, everything before the show and everything behind the scenes about the show. And the show mm-hmm. could not go on without the invisible without labor. It. Yeah. And with the holidays, there's just a lot of moms out there that really want to love and make everything magical for their families. But with that, there's a lot of cooking, cleaning, planning, organizing, figuring out perfect gifts, wrapping the gift, remembering dates. Like there's just a lot of things that go unnoticed. And even with that, like they don't always get to take credit, right? Some of those gifts are from their spouses or their children or from Santa, like a strange fat man (laughs) who sneaks into your house gets to take credit. (laughs) For the work that you did. Oh, my God. I had a supervisor one time who refused. He was like, I will never tell my kids that anything is from Santa because I went, I got this. I went to work. I paid for this. Like, this is right. not from Santa. This is for me. Deal with it. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. And I get why you did that. Yeah, 100%. I do always think that doing several gifts from Santa is like a bad call. Because mm-hmm. then there's some kids who maybe only get one mm-hmm. or like their parents maybe can't afford like the main thing that they want. Yeah. And then, you know, this other kid comes to school and is like, well, I got all these things from Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa just likes me better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And I think, too, like it's not even just people who have kids, but like. I think there are a lot of people who they enjoy the tradition of the holidays and they enjoy sure. what it looks like and how it feels, et cetera. I mean, they like hosting. They yeah, like, yeah, yeah, they like gathering people. Yeah. They they do love the experience, but there's still a lot of work that goes into it that people don't think about. Yeah, it's the and the thing is, is like then you get to the holiday itself and then the other person has planned all of this stuff. So you have a plan. But I don't think that they even realize like this doesn't just naturally happen. Like the holidays don't just naturally, it would just be like any other Tuesday or whatever if it weren't for all the invisible labor behind the scenes. Yeah, So where does the term invisible labor come from? So the term emotional labor was coined by sociologist Ariel Holtschild. Holtschild? Sure. In, In 1983 in her book, The Managed Heart, Commercialization of Human Feeling. 
So at the time, Holschild defined emotional labor as a workplace-only occurrence. However, the term invisible labor is the name of a 1987 essay by sociologist Arlene Daniels, who was a professor at Northwest University and the University of California, Berkeley. And her essay defined invisible labor as the unnoticed and unpaid labor that becomes a mental load for those responsible. So the emotional labor, cognitive labor, invisible labor, it's kind of been grown to be exchangeable terms and uh, used to describe just any kind of form of unpaid or invisible work done by one person to manage the needs of others, both in the workplace and in the social and domestic situations. Yeah. And I mean, I think I I remember, uh, I don't know if you have this study in here, probably do. I don't remember where I read it, but a long time ago, I remember reading a study about like how in the work, like it started in the workplace and like examples Mm -hmm. of invisible workplace labor would be like, you just end up setting all the email meetings for whatever reason. Like you are just the person who sets up all the email meetings. You clean all the dishes in the break room. You like set up the work parties. You like bring snacks to the work meetings, like that sort of shit. And that's how it like originated. Right. And it ended up being mostly a like people just assumed women would just do those tasks. But the thing is, it's unpaid. That's why it was called invisible labor. It's like, so you're going to pay me extra to do all this extra crap? To do all these extra things? Like run yeah. to the store and get like cards for everybody and like holiday presents for the party? Like do I get paid extra for that? And the answer is no. So then you end up like that's why it's called like invisible labor. And it's also like if you think about cognitively, it's just like using your executive functioning, which is your organizational skills. And that takes mental load. Like it takes energy. You're consuming glucose and calories. Like it yes. does something. Like – it's yeah. an important it's a it's a critical piece of any project or plan but it's again it's unseeable right and i know some people would differentiate the emotional from the cognitive sure. so Dr. Holschild used the term emotional labor to actually describe the ways that people regulate emotional expressions in the workplace. Like, so before even, like you're talking about managing the meetings, she was talking about like retail workers and baristas having to smile and be cheerful throughout their shifts, even if they had just broke up with their partner, maybe they lost somebody in their lives that you have to have that retail smile or teachers remaining calm and friendly if parents are like berating them or accusing them of neglecting their child's needs or like a flight attendant, you know? So- Some of it was also just that for examples of like the emotional side, not just even the cognitive side. So that's why like, yeah, they're they're different, but they're still the same. It's like invisible labor is the umbrella. And then there are two terms under it, emotional labor and cognitive labor. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're thinking like personal relationships for emotional labor, if you're maybe the friend that's always on call. You know, for those for those other friends or maybe your partner doesn't really support you, but you listen to all their concerns or maybe you live with a family member who loses their temper easily. So you have to try to go above and beyond to make sure that they're like calm and not upset. Yeah. Like that's another emotional example. And then, like you said, the cognitive examples, like you're maybe the secretary who's managing all the meetings and all the customers. But you don't get any kudos for that. No. Nobody says anything. Nobody notices anything. You're washing all the dishes. I'm sorry, but screw kudos. Uh, give me money. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm no, going to yeah, need you to definitely. pay me for that. I'm like a freaking miser that way. Just give me money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, there's different shows where they even show that. Like, I think of like Two Weeks Notice mm-hmm. with Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. You remember? She like basically runs that guy's business. Yeah. but. She doesn't get Anything. any extra pay no. for it. Like he treats her like crap yes. Yes. when she is the she is running the whole show. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's pretty common, I'd say. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's funny, like, I think about examples of emotional label, I'd say for myself, I'm doing, well, actually, I'm probably doing both. Um, I think the thing that people don't really realize about being friends with somebody who is a therapist or somebody who is really good at emotional labor is that we, you know, we're always making life a little bit more comfortable. Um, So like, I can give an example of like, uh, let's say you have a good friend who, you know, is good at this sort of thing. Like you call them and we always ask about you. We always validate you. We're always like giving you ideas for things and we never make you feel judged or you have us over at a party. And for some reason, the party is just not awkward and like socially facilitated well. And like everybody's (laughs) just having a good time. It's like, listen, that shit is not an accident, right? Like somebody put the effort into that for that to be true. Like that's an active process of emotional labor or like just when there is an uncomfortable thing that happens between other people and then somehow it gets diffused, like, again, that's Mm -hmm. not an accident. Like, somebody is doing something that promotes that, and it's actually, like, a lot of jelly beans. It's very expensive. It takes a lot of little effort nugget jelly bean nuggets to do that. So think about that in terms of emotional labor in home. And then I think about my own personal example of, like, I literally remember going through a breakup and working as a barista. And somebody telling me to smile because like I oh my, my like sour face was like making their day bad. And I was just like, I'm going to throat punch you. Like, I feel like my world is caving right. in around me and you just told me to smile. Like, do you really need that when I give you your cup of coffee? Like, is that really what you like? You right. Why do you need that anyway? Like what? So it's just like it's that sort of stuff. Or like, I mean, when you're in a workplace, too, is it kind of ends up being your role to make everybody feel comfortable in uncomfortable conversations. Like, mm. I don't know how many times you've been in a work meeting where somebody is acting foolish and like you've, you have to diffuse it. Yeah. yeah you feel the obligation to uh-huh. make it easier or more tolerable for everybody. And that's kind of like your expectation, particularly for women, I think. Oh yeah. Well, there was one time at the prison I was pulled into a meeting about clothing so about oh. the one of the guards' clothing, they thought her clothes was too tight. And oh. they made me come into that meeting because I had had, I wore lace once and they told me that that was just too much like underwear. Uh, <laughs> Good sweet shit. I wish that and people so they could brought see me my in to, Yeah, I they can't. brought me into that meeting to like diffuse things. And this poor woman, like I, I was actually a little more on her side. She's like, I'm sorry that my pants are tight. Like I can't find pants in the color scheme you want. Yeah. That, like, I'm sorry, I'm curvy. Yeah. Like, why don't you actually just control yourself? Like, you pieces yeah. of crap. Sorry, I have no tolerance for that shit. It's oh like, why God. don't you control yourself? Dude. Like, yeah, I, it was. Good God. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I can't. But so, yeah. So, I mean, brought into those kind of situations to, like, smooth things over and be kind of the emotion regulator for different things. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of it, too, is, you know, we talk about, like, even even if we think about our schedulers, they're doing cognitive labor, right? Like they're right. moving our schedules around there. And there are some of them, like I can think about when I worked at a hospital, there was a couple in particular who just like would always make sure that my patients were back to back and had no weird gaps in my schedule, even though that wasn't like necessarily part of their job duty or they like right. always made... Or they'd know which ones were maybe yes. a little 
intense so they wouldn't fill you with a whole bunch of intense people on that day or yeah or they would like kind of put everything in one spot so then I could have other things like open if I needed to or they just kind of like knew when I had certain meetings like even if I didn't always remember to book them they did and that's cognitive Mm -hmm. labor right like they were doing a lot of cognitive labor that they weren't really required to do like that would have been my responsibility to tell them but they were out in front of it right and with a personal relationship, you also have that cognitive labor. Yeah. Maybe you're managing the bill payments or other essential tasks, or maybe you're having to just even offer praise or pats on the back for somebody else handling a necessary chore. Yeah. Or you're keeping track of like parenting related details, like after school plans, permission slips, you know, library book due dates or pediatrician appointments, or just even just checking in on the kids, like physical, emotional needs, yeah. or making the to do list or the grocery lists or chore charts or planning a leisure activity right like planning a vacation planning a vacation planning a vacation yeah 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 that's actually like or even hard planning fun it is <laughs> it is i mean having to even ask your partner for help like you know i think of the just tell me what you need okay but telling you what i need is also a task yeah 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 <laughs> and i mean it's like i'm all for communicating emotions and i'm all for communicating sure. needs but one of the six levels of validation is that somebody actually anti- does some work on anticipating needs mm-hmm. um, and we do talk about the levels of validation in our podcast episode on validation so I'll go back to that one that's a really great one but one yeah, of the one. levels is using somebody's history what you already know about them and the current context clues to anticipate a need because that's what emotional labor is it's anticipate or cognitive labor is anticipating a need getting out in front of it and planning for it before it blows up in your face so right while you are not responsible for mind reading people like at all that's not your responsibility right there are context clues so like you don't have to be like <laughs> Like, you don't have to be a rocket scientist at this to be like, if somebody's grumping around the house and seems like frazzled and stressed and is holding two babies and is like basically pulling their hair out, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to just go do the dishes. Or like, I mean, like, really, it just doesn't like, that's not genius level cognitive labor or emotional labor. Or like saying like, here, I'll take the kids or, you know, going to the grocery store for that person. Like, hey, I'm just gonna run to the grocery store and make sure, you know, we have food for tonight or whatever. Like, right. Or when they look look really morose and really sad, again, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to just ask, like, hey, how are you feeling? Like, these are emotional and cognitive right. labors. You need a break. Yeah. yeah. And uh, emotional labor is not being like, oh, how are you feeling? Well, you shouldn't feel that way. Emotional labor is like staying present with somebody while they're telling yes. you what they're feeling and then not judging that and then like validating it and then only if they ask you or only if it is appropriate offering solutions like it's the whole process it takes a lot of time Uh, yeah it's not the oh you're sad let me make you happy it's that you're sad I'm gonna sit with you in your sadness yeah exactly which is a very different thing so it takes time and it takes energy and I think it's just again that's why it's called invisible labor because it doesn't produce money right Mm -hmm. and like we're really focused in our culture on like what thing produces money like what thing produces an object or a good or a product and this doesn't produce a product that is tangible and so people miss it yeah so moving forward with our discussion we are just going to kind of lump it together and call it invisible labor and kind of you know talk about some of the research so again anyone can find themselves carrying this invisible labor load in a relationship in a in a work environment regardless of gender yes however yeah however Research suggests 
that it is usually women who find themselves overburdened. Yeah. So a 2019 study of 35 heterosexual couples found that women in the relationship tend to take on more invisible labor. They found this particularly true when it came to anticipating the needs of others and monitoring progress. Ooh, I love that statement, monitoring progress, because it means that you don't just like... kind of like take crap somewhere and leave it like dip in yeah (laughs) like it's that you're like okay how are you feeling let's then do something about that feeling and then now we're going to check back in on that feeling so it's like an iterative process that builds on each other so again it's like not it's never actually done and i think that that's the key part is it's like an always evolving dynamic process of monitoring emotions and rechecking in on those things and those things like you know i think one good way to describe it is have you ever had a relative that when they pass away like everybody just no longer gets together for like thanksgiving Mm -hmm. or christmas and nobody really feels good and there's all these like weird feelings of animosity all of a sudden and like I've noticed a lot of times when clients tell me about that, it's usually like the matriarch of the family, like the big matriarch who's like ever accepting, ever present, ever loving when she is gone. Like everybody's yeah. just a butthole to each other and doesn't get together right, anymore. Yeah, they were the glue that kept everything calm, yeah. kept everybody, you know, yeah. interacting. Yeah. And then once that, that passed. Yeah. That's somebody yeah. who does like tremendous amounts of emotional and cognitive labor. Yeah. And according to another Uh, 2019 study of nearly 400 married couples or partnered mothers in the U.S., nearly 65% were employed, Mm. but 88% also reported that they were the primary person to manage routines in the home, and 76% said they were mostly responsible for managing the regular household standards and orders. Yeah, that's like absolutely insane to me. I got to be real. I am not personally in that position and if I were I would die like I'm not even kidding you like I don't have the bandwidth to do all this stuff I do think I do a fair amount of cognitive and emotional labor but I think that as a um, reciprocal uh, my husband is very good at doing like the physical like the actual like tangible stuff which is really really cool yeah the household yeah like thank god because i like i'm a delicate little flower as can be told by me getting covid every four seconds and nearly (laughs) nearly dying i'd be dead on the oregon trail so fast so like I, i honestly like this is you know, then we ask, like, why do women have more depression? Why are women mm-hmm. more likely to have anxiety disorders? And to be fair, like, men medicate differently and express it differently. So, but there is definitely, like, a, a vibe that it may relate partially to this. Like, is that you're, it's right. just, like, there's not enough time to actually take care of yourself, honestly. Right, because you're having to take care of literally everything else. Yeah. And interestingly, in that study, the same gendered couples they tended to share the household responsibilities more equally. Like, they actually divvied up the tasks based on things that they liked, their preferences, their work hours. I found that was interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. We could definitely take something from the queer community there. Like, everybody could maybe take something from, hey, what is it that you're good at? What are your strengths? And, like, why don't we play to what you are naturally good at and lean into that? Right. And now you're in charge of that thing. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think about kind of like what you said, you know, my partner, he's an excellent cook and I can bake, but I can't cook worth a diddle. Like I'm making the same three recipes over and over and that gets boring. (laughs) I I don't mind it, but you know, other people get tired of it. (laughs) So he does most of the cooking because I'm terrible. Yeah. Nope. Play to your strengths. Bread and cheese. Yeah. (laughs) We're doing grilled cheese and tomato soup tonight again. (laughs) Yep. 
folks. Yeah. It is uh, mozzarella sticks and french fries. There you go. <laughs> they were from That's a bed. It. Yes. It's out of a box. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this invisible labor can often make an individual field undervalued uh, because the others aren't noticing their work. And it can result in emptiness, stress, resentment, and exhaustion. Yeah, I see you have a study here that correlated it with oh my low God. sex drive also. That yes! surprises me zero. That is like right? so unsurprising. Oh my God. It's like, I know, yeah. I know. It totally makes sense that that's what they had to study. But there was a study that came out in 2022, actually. So it's a pretty new study. And they were kind of comparing two different studies where women were partnered with men and had children. And there were like almost 700 people in one study and about 400 in another. And the women were performing the large portion of the household labor and it did correlate and it was, you know, associated with a significantly lower sex drive for their partner because they perceive their partner as a dependent. Yeah, you don't want to. And the division of labor yeah. as unfair. Yeah, you don't want to so, have sex with somebody you perceive as your child. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just yeah, not just, in the cards, uh, man. But it, again, to have this be the study, like I roll happening now. Did some like, <laughs> like dudes do this why, study? Why? Why? Exactly. Why is my wife not want to have sex? Oh, I guess it's because she does all the work. Hmm. <laughs> I, oh my god, this is like <laughs> like that's the part we have to explore. Really? Yeah. How I many guess? academics does it take to change a light bulb? Well, and that was like the first thing that came up. Yeah. Like that was one of the first studies I found. I was like, really? It's really like, important to this- know why women aren't having sex with men, Michaela. It is yes, critical it's to really know that. Critical. <laughs> Really critical. It's I just critical to know that information. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, well, the crazy part is, it, yeah, yeah. I bet that got like a whole bunch of funding too. But then, like, we can't do like research on like labor and delivery or anything. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like our other one we talked about. Yeah, our recent. Yeah, it's like we have motherhood no information on like becoming a parent. How to make that process smoother for women? But, but we, we do need to figure out how to make the process of men getting sex a lot easier. We do have grant funding for this, however. Yes. <laughs> oh god oh man oh, i need to stop being lordy, so salty lordy. today um i know right it's, i have oh. covid it's, i'm actually nice i swear i think it, this is just a salty topic it's hard to not get a little salty yeah yeah looking, yeah. looking at this stuff a little salt bay <laughs> yeah yeah and it, it i mean again it makes total sense it's not like a head scratcher here so we also have another no. study that discussed how covid19 helped expose the entrenched racial, gender, and class inequities. It explored women's paid, unpaid, and underpaid labor, and particularly mm-hmm. their role in providing care during COVID-19. This includes women's labor in the home, women's roles in health and social care sectors, and women's roles in informal work, including domestic work. Yeah, so it highlighted the combined effects of like the job losses in like those hard hit sectors and women's overrepresentation in those health sectors and just the higher demands of care for labor in the home as well. I mean, people were trying to teach their kids at home. Yep. They were trying to manage stuff and they were, you know, working in a care setting. I mean, the level of caring yeah. that was happening yeah. in every setting of most of the women's lives during COVID-19 was just freaking crazy yeah i mean well the crazy part is too is like so i mean i saw this firsthand i mean we can well let's go to the rest of this but we can talk about like how we actually saw this firsthand so women's care labor is clear globally women are responsible for the majority of 76.2 percent of unpaid care work spending an average of 201 days on unpaid work during a year compared to 60 days of unpaid work by men international labor organization kind of states that And I think that like what we really saw in COVID-19 was it's like when shit hits the fan, who manages it? And it Mm -hmm. was 
the women who ended up taking the hit. And I remember reading some, I want to hear, like, say it was like a Harvard Business Review, like blog or something like that. So I don't know how accurate, accurate the, the data here was. But I remember them saying that the most common departure from the workforce was female healthcare or social service workers between the ages of 25 and like 40 at that time when I had read the article, which makes total sense, right? So it's like childbearing years. It's usually women who have children. It is women who are already working in emotionally and cognitively taxing jobs. And then basically childcare has shut down. So it's like, there's no other option is like, you cannot continue to do all of these things, you'll die. And so then you end Mm -hmm. up leaving to do other on like unpaid labor. Which is, right. you know, I mean, it's just as valuable, but it's not seen that way. Right. I mean, I saw a different thing, too, where somebody did a fake posting of a job. You know, it was like a management job. And people did this interview. And he basically talked about, like, a mom and how they work 24-7. So the person that you have to take care of, like, constantly needs your attention. Like, you don't get to really sit down much. You kind of need to do all these things. You work 24-7. <laughs> and people are like... Uh, excuse me? And then he'd be like, oh, yeah, and we're, like, not going to pay you. And they're like, what? And then he's like, yeah, because it's a mom job. And people were like, what? You know, then the light bulbs came on. But, I mean, God, there is so much. So it's really clear how all this extra unseen, unappreciated work can, like, impact our mental health and functioning. Yeah, absolutely. I cannot tell you how many like sessions I have to do on boundary setting and like decreasing emotional and cognitive labor. The problem is then is like, I literally just did a session about this this week is like, then the shit just isn't going to get done. Right. Like Mm -hmm. the thing. Yeah. You have to let things fall. Yeah. And that's hard. Yeah. Like there is actually just going to be a consequence then. Like, like people are being real when they say like, if I don't do this, this will not get done. And then there will be like some problem. And it's like, yeah, then you have to label the things that are like things you can't live without and essentially just drop the rest. And there is going to be a consequence. Like there's no way out of it because like you cannot, I mean, therapy 101 is you cannot control the behaviors of other people. Like you can tell them what you need, but like it's emotional labor and cognitive labor in itself to have to teach somebody how to do emotional and cognitive labor. And it's like, if, if they're willing to learn, it might be worth it. And if they are like really invested and motivated and like take it, take the little nuggets you give them and actually like do something with that, that's a different thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's not been my experience most of the time. Like most of the time it's just like, they don't really want to learn. And yeah. And sometimes it's that weaponized incompetence, right? It's like, oh, I, you do such a good job. I don't know how to do it. that people play that stupid game i i heard somebody say once like how can it be true that like you can lead the free world right but then you like don't understand how to like make cookies like those two things can't be true at the same time (laughs) you can't not know how to preheat the freaking oven but then also understand how like foreign diplomatic relations work right like these two things can't be together so you have to pick one like you can't lead a fortune 500 country like for fortune 500 company and then also just not know how to do laundry like that's impossible your brain knows you can surmise how to do you that you can figure it out yeah yeah like if yeah. you if you can surmise how to like again do if you can take the effort to learn yeah even if you don't know exactly yeah exactly exactly so freaking crazy uh, so which i mean it makes sense too i mean you know, next time you have maybe a loved one that like snaps without provocation, maybe consider all that they've been managing behind the scenes, right? Yeah. 
maybe step back and think, hmm, there is something that set this off. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't see what set it <laughs> off. <laughs> right. And do the emotional labor of asking, like, hey, you know, yeah. what's, what have you been feeling lately? Have you been feeling yeah, a little what's overwhelmed? what's been going on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Try to take a little emotional labor on on your end. So how do right. we try to combat the invisible labor? Well, solutions for combating types of labor disparities involve participating in productive conversation, rotating schedules that divide the workload. Here are a few ways you can start to improve an invisible labor situation. So first one, divide the household tasks. Consider your Mm -hmm. daily tasks for maintaining your household or workplace and generate a list of all the chores together. Don't wait until that other person just gives it to you. That is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. After you both have created the list, write down who is currently completing each task, and this will help you determine the scope of the invisible labor within your household or workplace. Yeah. In itself, this is a task to actually have to sit down. Yep. And write all that out. Yep. But for the long term, you're looking for a way to make it more equitable. What else? Then you can make a schedule. So create kind of a schedule that divides the workload evenly among the family members. So you're all sharing responsibility for household chores. I mean, even kids, they need to learn how to do some of the stuff. Yeah. You know, if you want to have your child be a good spouse and partner someday, help them learn how to do some of these tasks. So Offices can also make a schedule and rotate responsibilities of extra work, like, you know, cleaning the fridge, you know, doing those different little things, giving everybody a chance to help out. So making some kind of a schedule that helps prevent the burnout of the invisible labor or having it fall on the same person can really help reduce those disparities within work and home situations. Yeah. I think, too, I just wanted to add one, like, keep in mind that if this is an unsolvable issue, you're not in charge of solving it, right? Like, if you do an analysis of whatever relationship, either marriage or partnership, or it could just be like a friendship or work situation, sure. and you do the analysis and you really look at it and you're like, this is going to take so much cognitive and emotional labor for me to even, like, engage in this process and fix, you can also just dip out like that's an option yeah just being like control alt delete yeah like just being like yeah i'm not gonna do this like at all i'm just not gonna participate in this and i'm just gonna get out of here is actually a completely viable option because remember like you are not responsible for like the livelihood of other people for the most part so and like their feelings and thoughts etc with some exceptions but for the most part and so like keep in mind you can sometimes just put a hard boundary on it not always when there are situations when you're stuck these other things do definitely apply and we're stuck more than we'd like to admit so that's possible too we also have shifting the paradigm here so one of the main catalysts behind invisible labor in the household is the traditional association of women with household work and that's just the idea that women's sole responsibility to maintain is to maintain a household and raise children and Mm -hmm. this kind of just kind of perpetuates the invisible cycle Engage in conversations that dispute these stereotypes and shift the paradigm and change the way people view the division of work. And be really clear about what it is. Like, you can even do a time study on yourself. I've done that before. Like, just like all day, you're just like 15 minutes doing this, 20 minutes doing this, 30 minutes doing this. Like, literally just observe your day and like hand it off to the person and be like, so this is what I did all day. Like, there was no break. Like, do you see break in here? Do you see like nap in here? Do you see, you know what I mean? So it can be helpful to just do like information gathering too and reporting. Definitely. Sometimes too, though, I mean, I'm just thinking of my stressed out brain. The idea of even sitting down to do something like that sometimes is just... It's a lot. 
Oh my gosh. Yep. Yeah, it is. It's like, so not only do I already do all this invisible labor, yep. I have to now keep track of my invisible labor yeah. and, and like, then like share it with somebody and then sit down and plan right. chores with them and then yes. divide the chores. Yeah, that oh part my is, God. to me, but, it's but really But that's hard. the only way, really, that you're going to get through to somebody to help change the trajectory. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's a second option, which is leave and don't do it. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, yeah. And Especially, there's also a third option, which is like, don't leave, don't do it, and then just have the consequences happen. Right. Like you said, yeah, let some shit fall. Yeah. Which I've done that a lot of times at different work yeah. in place environments where I'm like, I'm just not going to do this anymore. And we're going to just set the world ablaze. Yeah. Because that's, I've told you it's on fire. Yep. You deny the fire. I'm going to let it burn your da- yeah. down your neighborhood. Yeah. I think that's called <laughs> quiet quitting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can just quiet quit invisible labor and that's totally fine. Like and the funny part is is like I do know <laughs> so as a person who like probably isn't the most domestic, like I'm aware that not having a domestic thing done, like whether I want it to or not, reflects on me more as a woman than it does on my partner. Um and like I get that is true, but I would really suggest like increasing your resilience to that and increasing your distress tolerance of judgment because like a lot of times yes. once like the judgment passes, there are not like this the other social consequences or the other real life consequences are not as right. bad as what you think they're going to be. It's just like the judgment and the like likability factor and the people pleasing factor. Yep, yep. And like, yeah, like having your house super clean before any guests yeah. come over. You know, I remember always the 52 pickup that would happen when there was going to be somebody was coming over. Yeah. So we have to make sure it looks like we don't live here. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes I still struggle with that a little bit, but I've, yeah. I've dipped some. We've gotten yeah, a little better. Yeah. But, it's like, yeah. just like realize that, you know, I, I even kind of make it a joke. Like I use humor a lot for situations like that. If I catch a judgmental comment, I just clap back. Like, I mean, like you can't just make judgmental comments at me. Sorry. Like it's just right. not going to yeah, fly. Sorry, we live here. We're making memories. Yeah. Uh. Like, yeah. No, I, I do other stuff. <laughs> I get real like, I get yeah. real sassy about that sort of thing. So if somebody's passive aggressive to you, just like I said, be just straight up aggressive. <laughs> Maybe don't actually do that. <laughs> Throw hands. Uh, uh. Go fist you cuffs. No. no, don't do that. No. <laughs> but no. that's, yeah, that's another thing. It's like kind of try to make yourself impervious to judgment by increasing your own self-esteem and self-compassion and yeah. self-love. Um, because yeah. at that point, it's just like a lot easier to not give a fuck about what other people are thinking of you. Because it's just not relevant. You know, it's, right. it's no longer relevant. So based on all of this, what are we going to do for outside podcast experimentation? So... My husband is a pretty good partner, and there are a lot of things that he does manage on his own. But with a new baby and with both of us like going back to work full time, I think we just need a new normal that flows well for both of us. Yeah. So I just kind of want to have some kind of sit down conversation where we do just talk about how we're going to live each day. Yeah. Because we've moved. So like the house, things have just, everything has changed. Yes. Literally everything has changed. Yes. yes. So we have to find a new way to live and flow and I just want to have a discussion on that I think yeah that makes a lot of sense I think it's just like I think a lot of people have to like redo the invisible labor law (laughs) the invisible labor right reunification whatever yeah I'm super excited to have a bigger house but that means there's a lot more to manage yeah absolutely (laughs) and just like a standalone house too it's like 
yeah, just a lot of stuff going on there for sure. And then if you like, yeah. you know, are buy instead of rent, like there's different things that go with that too. And yeah. 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 Backyard management, all just all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to think what I'm going to do for the invisible labor stuff. I think... I'm going to guesstimate yours might need to go with like the invisible labor, like the emotional labor stuff that you do for other people. Yeah, I think so. You know, honestly, because I bitch about it so much, I think everybody knows that I'm doing it because I just won't, I like will not let it pass. Like I'm this like, this ain't invisible, bitch. Yeah, no, Look. like I literally will be like, so see what I just did for you for an hour there? That'll be $250. Like I make a joke about it, but I'm like, that is fucking time that I spent yeah. like doing this for you. And I think that like, man, I sound so much more sassy than I actually am in real life today, I swear. But I, so I think that like people in my life really do get that I'm doing it and appreciate it. But I think that there might be like some areas that I can cut it down. Like, I think there are areas where I can just, like, cut back and just, like, do less of it. But also, I'm going to have childcare coming up here, so, like... That'll help. Like, anything, like, any extra time I get back should help with that. But it doesn't mean I should... I I don't want to just fill fill it. it. Yeah, exactly. So, it's that ongoing thing of, like, don't just fill your time with more emotional labor. So, I think maybe just watching that, like, just don't just add more crap, which I'm prone to do. Like, anytime I have, like, free space, I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna, whatever, I'm gonna learn this new thing and then share it with the world and do emotional labor for everyone. Maybe don't do that. Maybe just learn the new thing and share it with me. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And giving yourself just space to just be. Again, I think, you know, you're the rabbit and you're really good at just running yeah and you need to take some pauses just be aware and take the time as use the emotional labor on yourself yeah (laughs) yeah exactly good re-divert resources yeah yeah so do you have a joke for me today okay so sorry fellas out there these jokes rag on men (laughs) it's not our fault (laughs) these jokes are so damn funny (laughs) why shouldn't you trust a man who claims he wears the pants Mm, i don't know because he's probably lying about other shit too. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. I like that. <laughs> uh, you just assume no. <laughs> right. Okay. I got one. What do you call a fake noodle? Impasta. Oh, you got it. It's impasta. <laughs> that's my yeah, only joke. One. I like that Impasta. Okay. Impasta. Yeah. Okay, so thank you so much for the jokes and the beautiful topic area today. This was Michaela's pet child, so we appreciate it. It was a really brilliant one. I think it was much needed, and I think a lot of people could learn from this. So we're so glad that you kind of brought this to the table today. Yeah, I just thought it was something to be discussed. Like I said, the holidays just kind of triggered me to think, God, like, I, I just saw a lot of people kind of struggling. Yep. And it, it really seemed like something that we should explore and talk about. Yeah, I'm completely with you. Well, thank you so much, folks, for tuning in today to our podcast, Shit Your Shrink Thanks. Go ahead and like, subscribe, or review us. It helps get us some visibility, and we will chat with you all next week. Yeah, see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.